it would be pointless to to have a hundred yard long football field in a universe like this, <laughs> right? Because you could never, you wouldn't know that receiver existed on the other side of the field. So why would you throw a ball? Wow. Yeah, this would be so weird. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, sir. That was terrible. That's oh, like I got a little bit of auto-tune trouble there. Yes. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I'm so conscious now of having done that so many times because <laughs> I feel like it's cool. You know, I like those shows that start with always start exactly the same, you know. Um, good morning, America, or whatever. Uh, but I'm so aware of it. And yeah, I'm just going, great, what? I can't say. <laughs> so maybe we'll change it up someday. Bad morning, Matt. Actually, you were saying it's uh, just not so great. You're you're recovering. That's right. I'm a little sick. Yes. Um. So, uh, but you're wearing a surgical mask. So everyone, uh, don't worry. You're not gonna run around me as protected. Yeah, you're you're safe. Perfectly. Even safe. if you're listening to this, you still won't get sick. No matter how loud you make it, the bacteria or whatever virus viruses will stay safely on our side of the show so speaking of confined spaces <laughs> we had a fun idea today so i i was uh reading the science news as i am wont to do and uh, astronomy news in particular and uh, there was a story of a recent discovery of not the farthest object we have seen or the farthest star that um by the way is 13 that farthest star is 13.4 billion light years away and the universe uh we believe is 13 point, the observable universe 13.8 billion light years so that's getting really close that's one of the first stars um but uh, there's a, a another object that is the brightest farthest object i'm not exactly sure how you it's, it's, it's just the math of that is confusing to me brightest largest uh, what a word is that um but it's a quasar and um, it has mysterious properties which scientists are arguing about as they are wont to do which is good um but it made me think uh, there's just this notion of the farthest object away in the universe yeah. and the always fascinating and mysterious but frankly confusing um, notion that as we are looking outward, we are also forced to only be able to see things in time, back in time because it's taken so long for the light to reach us. Mm -hmm. So... We can talk about that a little bit, but yeah. but uh, yeah, you and I were talking just before the show, which is when our preparation happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, Instantly. yeah, yeah. It's uh, we have a Harvard conferences begin six months before uh, at Harvard, and uh, then we go to Cambridge and Oxford, and we debate across the pond, and there's a whole vetting procedure, and then we wake up and realize 
Oh, I wake up anyway and realize we didn't do that at all. Um, and it's time to record the show. And here we go. What if the universe were really teeny tiny? <laughs> what the, if the universe were teeny tiny? So before we jump in, let's tell our new viewers. Welcome. Uh, what, what the WTF is WTIF. Yep. So what we do is we take something usually about the universe. Yes. And uh, we change it. And then we think about what the, what the, our experience of things would be in this new, suddenly changed, altered universe. Um, and then we get upset about it. Very upset. I mean, who shrunk the universe on us today? Yeah. Thanks a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm trying not to get a cold, you know, and suddenly not only are everyone with colds closer, but everyone with everything is closer. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That guy on the subway clipping his toenails. Oh, closer. Much closer. And, um, yeah, it's going to get hot in here. So, uh, we are only allowed to change one thing. We limit ourselves to that because, because left without limits, I mean, we would just go berserk. Yeah, things get out of control fast. Totally out of control. So we say we can change one thing and then rein it in. And so today we say, what the if the universe were teeny tiny? Well, before we get to teeny, 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 tiny, let's just say smaller. We'll choose some smaller. Um, the 13.8 billion light year. Uh, uh, okay, so here, here already we start to get a little bit confused. Yeah. 13, I think, it, it, yeah, they they so say I think the universe is, oh, sorry, they say the universe is 13.8 billion light years. That's how, that's the radius of the observable universe. So in fact, the right. diameter of the observable universe would be twice that. Yeah. And there's a little asterisk there, which is, um, oh. there's some space time mathematical bookkeeping you have to do. So it's actually slightly smaller than that, but we don't need to, we don't need to get into that. That's interesting. Astronomical bookkeeping. Oh, the bookkeeping is unbelievable. Um, but generally, the, the argument goes like this, which is uh, if you want to look at something, then light from that object has to get to your eye. Right. right. Seems kind of inarguable. Um, and because the world we live in sucks, <laughs> light has a finite speed. So... It takes some amount of time for the light to get to your eye from that object. Right. So uh, for most of our ordinary life here on the surface of the earth, the amount of time it takes light, you know, the light to get from my screen to the, the screen that holds your face yes. to my eye is a nanosecond, you know, a billionth of a second. So I don't even notice. Right. And even when I'm watching... Um, uh, uh, you know, an airplane go by 30,000 feet overhead, um, that's still millionths of a second time delay. So I just don't notice. Right. So I just don't notice things at all. Um, so it only becomes an issue once you start looking at things that are really far away. So uh, near a star, uh, four light years away, that's Alpha Centauri. Right. So the, the reason that the, the term light year is a convenient distance is that it sort of accounts for this effect. Um, which is that it takes four years for a image, you know, somebody 
somebody wants to Skype with me from Alpha Centauri. Right. So they start the Skype signal, and then it takes four years to get here. So by the time I get that initial signal, they've been sitting, staring at the screen for four years, waiting for me. Yep. And then when I finally get the signal, I say, hello. And then I have to wait four years for it to get to them. So they've actually been waiting eight years between them saying hello and me saying hello. Yeah. And, and, and even things like they are now eight years older. Yeah, that's they're, right. They're probably um, lost. But I'm going to guess they got bored. Um, that seems quite likely. And yeah. goodness only knows what's still on the screen after eight years. Right. right. <laughs> what it's just their, their cat's butt or something. <laughs> you know? That image flies to the universe, uh, and, so, and and yeah. and we even we experience uh, this even in, at, a, at a smaller scale, but still kind of amazing. That when the astronauts were on the moon, they were I think it was a three second delay. Yeah, and when we send um, messages to the Mars rovers, it's twenty minutes ish. Um, depends on the relative orbital positions, but um, right. anywhere between like four and twenty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, Saturn, uh, when we communicate with satellites, well, Jupiter and Saturn, you start <laughs> to get into hours. It, it literally takes hours for the mm -hmm. for light yeah. as radio waves moving at the same speed as light mm -hmm. um, takes that long. So what that yeah what that means is as we look at here's here's the image I've always gotten that that. Is created by this crazy thing where when we look at a star, we're seeing it as it was four years ago if it's four light years away. Um, the Andromeda galaxy, which is the next closest galaxy, is how far? Is it thousands of light years? Um, it would be um, uh, hundreds of thousands of light years. Hundreds of thousands, right. So we're seeing the Andromeda galaxy as it looked hundreds of thousands of years ago. Yeah. And the further back you go, the, the more you get. And eventually you get back to the Big Bang, which is really bizarre. And here's the crazy thing about it. It means that no matter which direction we look out in, and if I look uh, east, west, north, south, right, into the sky, uh, uh, if you look far, if you, have, if you had strong enough binoculars, uh, like Hubble, Space telescope scale binoculars, um, which would be interesting. I'd like, you know, maybe we I mean, would we would need Apple to miniaturize those. Um, but uh, no matter what direction you look, like you look, eventually you see the Big Bang, and I imagine the Big Bang being, and which I think it was, like really a dot, a single point, you know. Um, so it was like smeared out in all directions mm -hmm. what's that yeah so so one way to think about this is um uh because it takes time for light to get to us as we look at something that's further and further away in space and distance then we're looking at it as it's older and older because the image we're getting of it started a very had started a very long time ago right before it gets to us here so as we get um what that means is if we keep looking further and further away, as you say, eventually we will see the moment of the Big Bang. Okay. Um, and then you say, well, why can't we see past that? 
And we say, well, because there wasn't anything there kind of giving off images for us to look at. So that's the, the furthest away thing we right. can see, right? Um, but there's, um, there's a, a kind of funky, but that, I say that's sort of beyond our abilities. We don't need to worry about the, the Big Bang limit at this point. Um, there's, uh, so then we, we talked about this thing, the universe, by which right. we usually mean um, everything. Yes. Um, but there's a, a dirty secret here, which is when astronomers say the universe, they don't actually mean the universe. Um, and it's, uh, and the reason is cause you can't hear the capital U. Okay. <laughs> so the capital U, what is, is the sound of a capital U? <laughs> <laughs> everything that exists. You! Yeah. Um, in, in any metaphysical sense you want. Right. Uh, everything that exists. But we don't usually use the capital U. We use the little U, by which we really mean the observable universe. That is the portions of the universe that we can see. Oh, I didn't realize that. Because I've always wondered, should I be, when I write universe, should I write capital U or little U? And um, well, that really just depends on what your editor thinks. As people right. will, okay. will complain yeah. about it. Right. But uh, so almost always when... An astronomer says universe, they mean observable universe. Right, right. But the difference doesn't matter very often, so they just drop it. They right. just drop the observable in a second. So the observable universe is everything you can see. And you might say, well, what does that mean? And that simply means that there's stuff out there um, that there hasn't been enough time yet in the universe for us to see. Right. right, the light, the light hasn't quite gotten to us yet. Yeah, that, and then that would be before the. Well, yeah, you're right. Now I see why we avoid the Big Bang for a moment. Yes, yeah, so we'll hand wave the Big Bang for the moment. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> Big Bang. <laughs> Fun fact, by um, the way, if you um, isn't it, if you look at static on a if you have a, a television screen and it's just showing static, that ten percent, I think, of those flashes are actually uh, cosmic rays from the Big Bang? Uh, yep, that's right. That's insane. Yeah. I, I think it's probably hard to get your hands on a TV that can uh, see that kind of stuff anymore. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but so I, I kind of like to think about it this way sometimes. So right now, there is a packet of light, um, let's say, an arm's length in front of your head. Okay. Okay. We'll freeze time for a moment. Yes. And that light has been traveling for billions and billions of years <clears throat> after it was, after it bounced off the forehead of some alien. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and right now you have no idea that light is there because it hasn't hit your eyes yet. So you don't know it's there. So that means you don't know the alien forehead is there. Oh, okay. Right. Interesting. Right. right so right. we say that that, alien is outside our observable universe uh-huh okay it exists right light right. has interacted with it and in a fraction of a second the light will hit my eye and suddenly it will be within my observable universe right right right, right. okay and so what, the observable, what, the, yeah. what this was also, also maybe another way to think of it is if i'm if i just look up at the night sky it's totally dark well i see a bunch of stars but there's a dark patch in between the stars and suddenly a light appears. Uh, let's say that was a, I mean, 
you would need a telescope for this probably, but like, let's say it was a supernova. Um, if that star had blown up a hundred thousand light years ago, a hundred thousand years ago, mm-hmm. we don't even know it exists. We don't even know that's happened yep. until we see it. Right. Which right. Are, like, duh, you don't know about it until you see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we've got the, what it means is we have this expanding sphere of awareness ah. around us. Okay. Yeah. And that's what we call the observable universe. And the important thing, <laughs> the important uh, consequence of that is that there is always stuff just outside the edge of that observable universe. Right. That's happening, you know, doing stuff. Yes. Um, and we're not, we're, we're not only not aware of it, we're unable to be aware of it because light hasn't had enough time to get to us yet. But it's there, doing stuff. Right? Yeah. Playing cards. That's, that's, darning its socks. The craziest thing is that we, things could, all kinds of things are happening. An yeah. enormous amount of things are happening. Yeah. And we don't, know about it and not only do we not know about it there's absolutely no way to sense it it, ha- it literally we just have to wait and hang out it, yeah it's not just light that has this speed limit it's ev- ev- everything yeah um the speed of information about the universe is very slow i i, I had an awesome uh experience once i was uh, doing a documentary and on a mountaintop uh, at a, a, strong, a telescope. Um, I think this was at the Lick Observatory in, outside San Francisco. And there was a, a meter there, some kind of you know uh, instrument. And every once in a while, it would make a clicking sound. It would click. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to this astronomer, and you know this thing was going. I honestly didn't even notice it. And then he said, oh, you know what that is? <laughs> what? He says, a photon has arrived. Yep. <laughs> from, from the deepest, darkest part of That's the right. universe. <laughs> okay. One photon. Mm-hmm. Bing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's happening all the time, right? So right. I kind of like that this sort of image that right now you're surrounded by photons that have journeyed from the furthest edge of the universe. Yeah. And they are about to hit you. Yeah. And then you'll suddenly know what's been going on out, out there that whole time. Yeah. Or they could be even um, neutrinos or gravity waves or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, any kind of signal you want. It's, yeah, it won't get to you until it's had time to cross space-time. And, and an important part of this is to um, flip this image, too, and to remember that the aliens have their own observable universe. Right, so, right. somewhere out there... There might be an alien um, for whom we sit right outside the edge of their observable universe. Yeah, a light so just th- a light just bounced off my ever increasing forehead. <laughs> yep, and it won't be getting to them for a very long time. You know, they're they are sitting just beyond the rushing photons that are carrying Simpsons season four. Yes. They've enjoyed the first three. That's right. And they're but like they don't even know they don't even know if there is a season four. Maybe it didn't that's get right. renewed. That's right. 
so they are they just have to wait, right? Their observable yeah. universe does not include season four of the Simpsons. Simpsons, yeah. It's interesting, actually. It reminded me that reminds me of just like a very old fashioned um, image uh, situation that you know when people travel could travel only by ship, um, as we know, like oh well, we haven't gotten the news from England yet um, yep. until the ship arrives with the latest uh, mm. newspaper in it. And uh, at, at that point, we would say the speed of information for them was, uh, what kind of light speed was the speed of a ship. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's the fastest information could flow. Yeah. 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 And so their so observable universe was kind of, was small. It was effectively very small. Yeah. 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 Um, so if we wanted to, if this situation, let's, shrink our observable universe from 13.8 billion years yes to six feet whoa okay right? <laughs> it suddenly got very bright in here imagine that six feet okay you're, you're only aware of the existence of things within six feet of you it's like a dorm room that's right. In your dorm room, <laughs> really poor. So on the other side freshman. of the on the other side of the door of your dorm room, there could be anything. <laughs> well, actually, that was always true. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the fun of being a college student. Right? That's right. Uh, as your observable universe, as you wait, and your observable universe expands a little bit, it might be that. There's a mariachi band or yeah. a slip and slide, and you know you never know what's That's going right. on in the hallway of the dorm. <laughs> That's right. And a sea of alcohol streaming through your body, like neutrinos. That's, that probably doesn't help. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, wow. So the un okay, the universe is six, and we say six feet. You mean six feet radius or six feet? Yeah, I'd say six, six yeah. feet radius. Six feet radius. <clears throat> okay. So things within six feet of you right now, you are sure exists, and anything beyond that. Um, you have to wait for the information to get to you. Right. right. Okay, you're right. And so we are also, uh, here's the interesting thing we're doing. Technically, we only want to do one thing, but I think because of space-time, we're doing two yeah, things, but one thing. Yeah, but so we're, we're shrinking the, phys the physical size of the universe to 12 feet diameter, six feet radius from you. But we are also slowing down the speed of light a lot. To some yeah, effectively, we're yeah. slowing down the speed of light. Right, right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so let's hear. So one of the questions that you're immediately going to ask is, what, what is happening beyond the edge of my observable universe? What is happening beyond right. the edge of my observable universe? I'm going to put my ear against the edge of my observable universe. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. You still have to wait, right? Putting your ear against it doesn't help. Right. Yep. But nonetheless, you do want to know what's happening out there. So this is essentially what astronomers have to do when trying to think about things that are further than we can see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's what's happening outside my dorm room door right now. Yes. Now, as opposed to the six minutes it's going to take for that information to get, get to me. That information, right? Yeah. Um, so... So the question is, how, how do you do that? What's a, what's a reasonable way to infer what's happening in your hallway before you actually get the sensory information? Wow. I would... Can you? Well, 
So that's, I mean, <laughs> you can. The question is, you know, whether or not you're going to get reliable information. Right. Um, so you could say, all right, this one time I opened the door and there was a slip and slide um, in the hallway. Right. So maybe that will be the case this time. So I'll assume there's a slip and slide in the hallway. And, right. You know, swimsuit on. Right. Um, and that's probably what's going to happen if you do that. Now, actually, right. And if you if the door was open, for instance, and you were you were looking out, um, the, the 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 images are coming to you at the speed they come to you. Right. So they're they're the the actual slip and slide party for the people who were doing the slip and slide. Mm -hmm. uh, it was six minutes ago. Yeah, but I just—it just occurred to me. However, everything I experience is always going to be like that, mm -hmm. right? And so, what? In other words, I yeah, could just so, say, so, "Well, you know what? I could just go about my business, and I don't care that the things happened six minutes before." Yep, that's right. So I say that's that's a totally acceptable way to deal with the problem of small observable universe is you just say, I don't care what's happening beyond those boundaries. So I'm not going to think about it. Right. Uh, and then another approach so then you just don't, you know, invent astronomy in that, in that universe. Right. Oh, I see. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You, okay. So here's the thing. If you were, let's say you're born into this universe, uh, is in fact, we are born into the universe, but actually, you know, when you're born, your universe is very small. And you you venture out, and you get to see more and more and more of it. Um, so that would happen, but you would never know, um, yeah, what's going on beyond it. But in our universe, uh, there is. So here's the thing: it's true. As I was learning these things from Carl Sagan and so forth, I got the sense that, like, well, yeah, we see all the way back to the Big Bang, but that's everything. Um, but in fact, I think I'm correct, in, right? It's correct that actually all astronomers and cosmologists and whatever um, believe that, no, the universe is much bigger than our observable universe. Yeah, that that's right. So the argument goes like that. We kind of touched on it a moment ago. So yeah. for the alien that's living at the edge of our observable universe, they can do the same thought process that we can't. That is, they realize that they're at the center of an expanding circle of a expanding sphere of awareness moving out into space. Right. Okay. So for the there's a certain amount of space that's overlapped by both of our mm. observable universes. Right? right. And we can have conversations about that. But on the far side of the alien, their observable universe overlaps with a portion of the universe that does not overlap with ours. Right. Our observable universe. And, and here's the kicker. Never will. <laughs> yeah. Because so, we're expanding. Right. So that means that by definition, sort of by, by the basic principles of thinking about how you observe the universe, right. there uh, have to be parts of the universe that we cannot see. Right. Okay. And then here's where, and then it gets worse. All right. So there's a Klingon who's sitting at the edge of our observable universe. Yes. And is looking at the part of 
his observable universe that we can't see. Right. And then at the very edge of his observable universe is a Romulan. Yes. And she does the same thing. So she has an obser- a portion of her observable universe that doesn't, obser- that doesn't overlap with the Klingons. Yeah. And certainly doesn't overlap with us. Right. right. So we can keep doing this as long as you want. Right. So if we actually had, for instance, other creatures or, uh, you know, whether, whether uh, machine-like or actual creatures um, mm-hmm. that could send us information from much farther out, that, ob- that device would be able to send us pictures or report about things beyond our observable universe. Well, but we wouldn't get the signal back from them until they were within our observable universe. Right, exactly. No, for sure. Right. Yeah, so we, sure. Can't, we can't cheat the system. It's right. still just waiting. Right. But uh, that, that little niggling sense that there could always be an alien just outside our observable universe yeah. has to remind us that if that's true, then there's at least another radius of observable universe beyond them that yeah. we can't see. And this is thinking, well, at least in my mind, I was thinking almost two-dimensionally. Uh, yeah, that's fine. It works. But like in fact, it. three, it's, it's a three-dimensional thing. So we are inside a sphere, mm-hmm. and uh, there's another sphere, and another sphere, and another sphere. And th- these aren't physically different spheres. They're just the observable universe yeah, of all these different facts. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the arguments for the universe being infinite. Right. So, he, yeah. So, the, 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 the only way to, if you accept this very general principle, right, that we can, that our, our, ob, that our, under, our observation of the universe expands around us with time, right, then we're led to this conclusion that there's always going to be space for one more observer at the edge of that. And unless you're willing to suddenly say, Okay, this observer is seeing something different than everybody else around us. Um, you're stuck. You're I, stuck with an infinite universe. And I feel like this is it's a little bit like breaking news because I feel like I don't know. Did you have this? Like I feel like along here's how I learned things. Like I remember learning about the Big Bang and being taught that there was the idea of the steady state universe in which the universe is infinite and unchanging, which is kind of how what people believe for a very long time, um, some, some people. And then the Big Bang was idea was proposed and confirmed. Uh, and so at that point, I thought, oh, okay, so there was this Big Bang, and it was the, it, the, at the center of the universe, and then I, yeah, the whole universe has expanded. So we are actually kind of in the big bang, right? We are at the center of our observable universe. Yeah, that's right. Um, And the mind bending thing happens when you realize that anyone anywhere sitting anywhere in the universe comes to that same conclusion. And all of modern cosmology is based on trying to resolve that puzzle. And then the multi, a multiverse would be uh, the multiverse means Another infinite universe. Um, possibly. I said there's several different flavors of multiverse. Right. Um, so that complicates things. Right. Um, but this chain of reasoning we've been talking about based on the, the nature of the observable universe um, has a formal name, and it's called the cosmological principle. Ah. 
Um, and you can say it in many different ways. But the, the most basic one is that every observer in the universe sits at the center of their own observable universe. Yeah. And everybody sees pretty much the same thing. Right. So going back to our dorm room, our dorm example, mm-hmm. uh, we have shrunk the universe. Actually, let's say, we, okay, we really have shrunk the actual universe down to this speed. Um, but information doesn't change. So we, we've also slowed down light. Um, so it's not like we're walking around bumping into stars. But <laughs> other, another person uh, at the other end of the hall. Okay, so I'm in my dorm room at one end of the hall. And I walk out into the hall and I see, you know, I can actually see all around. Yeah. Um, and another person at the other end of the hall is also looking all around. But when they look towards me, we can be looking at the same thing. We can be looking at each other. Yeah. But my, uh, I am seeing them as they were whatever multiple of six However mm-hmm. long this, so that's it. It, it would make it simple if the if the if the uh, the hallway is twelve feet long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing that person as they were twelve minutes ago, and they are able to look further in that direction, away from. They can turn their back towards me and look further. They can see some. They were gonna. They're gonna know about something much before I do. Right. So, like, um, somebody has thrown a football, which was a regular occurrence in my dorm at the University of Maryland. And that football is going to fly over their head. And I am not going to see that happening until 12 minutes after it has happened. Yep, that's right. So, in your friend's observable universe, there's a football game being played. Right. In your observable oh, right. universe, there is not. Oh, that's amazing. Well, right. For me, I just know that a ball comes uh, from Yeah, I mean, eventually, as you wait, then the football will come into your observable universe. Or rather, your observable universe will expand to include the football. Yes. Right. And it would be hard to play a football game that way, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go to the football field now, a place I never went in college or high school. <laughs> I would not be found on the football field unless I was already tackled yeah. and dead. So, I mean, it would be pointless to, to have a 100-yard-long football field in a universe right. like this, right? Because you could never, you wouldn't know that the receiver existed on the other side of the field. Um, so why would you throw a ball? Wow. Yeah, this would be so weird. Like, how do you... There, there's two things. There's one's like, well... Uh, so here's where it gets really confusing. Another place where this gets really confusing. This notion of time, you know, for instance, the sun is eight minutes away. And there's the fun thought experiment of if the sun suddenly disappeared, we wouldn't know about it for eight minutes. If our real sun disappeared, it would take eight minutes in our current universe. Right. Uh, um, but does it matter? We would still 
experience it like does for us does that eight minutes even exist yeah so to start giving rigorous answers to this we need relativity unfortunately right yeah boy this is this is one i think we opened up and i just i didn't just my mind was blown at the beginning and is completely in pieces now (laughs) yes the door the the it's the biggest and yet the smallest dorm room in the world. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So here's the thing to, to understand, though. Very simple terms, real terms, not what the if, but uh, the, universe, the world as it is, the universe as it is, is that you do, everyone does live in their own observable universe. Yep. That's right. And, uh, yeah. The consequences of that are very complicated, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that comes from that. What I've learned today is that Einstein, I always knew Einstein was smart. But this is like, wow. Not just Einstein, but all the people who do what Einstein did uh, to understand these things. Um, impressive. Impressive. Yeah, it gets a little mind-bending. Yeah. Mind-bend. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you for bending our minds. Here we we bow down to the what the if gods and say, we are not worthy. (laughs) We are not worthy of the teeny tiny universe. Because our brains are so teeny tiny. That's Uh, the problem. Well, that is true. You know, these brains with their minuscule observable universes. Terrible. Terrible. Um... And all of you listeners, you listening there, uh, your observable universe, we didn't come into your observable universe until you downloaded it. Okay. Uh, or, or are streaming it from a website. So um, please do maintain contact. We need to know what's going on in your observable universe. We need that information conveyed to us. So you can do that by subscribing. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe you're going to save yourself a lot of effort because we'll just show up in your device uh automatically each week thereabouts if i i I try to maintain a weekly schedule um and you can also find us on twitter what the if show um by the way going back to uh, downloading if you can go to itunes and leave us a review if you have not left us a review then we are not in the observable universe of a whole lot of people right now all a ton of people are looking at itunes millions of people are looking at itunes and they're looking at they're even looking at our podcast but they don't know anything about it because there's a few reviews but not a lot your review being there would add to the information and the excitement of what exists at the edge of that person's observable universe Yes, please bring us into your observable universe. Yes, bring us into your uh, BYOU. <laughs> BYOU, bring your own observable universe. Uh, come to us on Twitter. Uh, tell us your list. Just say you're listening. Hey, heard the show. You know, uh, just, just, just send us one photon. One photon would be great. Um, what or a pixel? That's, that's a lot of photons, but we'll start with that. Uh, what the at what the if show on Twitter? We are also on Facebook. What the if the what the if page Facebook, um, and big news for those who won puppets. 
I announced this on Twitter, but if you didn't see it on Twitter and you're only hearing it now, the twi- the puppets are out. The puppets are flying towards your observable, feelable, touchable, wearable universe. Zoom. I mean, yeah, it took me a very long time for, the, for those earliest people. I finally got them all out at once. So finger puppets of scientists coming towards you like, like little supermen and superwomen flying through the miracle of uh, UPS or something. Uh, US, actually, U.S. Postal Service. Uh, so um, how can you get a puppet? How could you get a puppet launched in your direction? to head to your observable universe and one day show up and boom, be on your finger and talking to you. Uh, send us an idea. Sometimes we make up ideas, as you see, and we go off totally off the rails. Yeah. Uh, send us your ideas. We like to go off the rails. In fact, that's where the exciting stuff, beyond the observable train station. Yes. Uh, on Twitter, you can just send us a message there with your ideas or on Facebook, uh, or you can email us. Old-fashioned email still works. Um, feedback at whattheif.com. And our website there, whattheif.com, is our website. Go there, and you will see all our thought experiments. And the German word for that I read in this article, we'll finish today with a vocabulary lesson. Is it Gedanken? Experiment. Gedanken experiment. Yep. Gedanken experiment. And Danke. It's, there's like thank you is in there. It's a thank you experiment. Um, I'm going to experiment with thank, with uh, saying thank you by thanking Matt um, for amazing perseverance. I mean, still able to if <laughs> <laughs> coughing. The viruses can't keep me away from the if. You can't stop the if. There is no anti-if virus that we can't defeat. Um, so uh, send your best wishes to Matt for a swift recovery. Uh, what the if show on Twitter. Feedback at whattheif.com. And next week, you will be better. I predict. It, right now, your wellness is outside our observable universe that's right but rushing towards us yes hopefully at the speed of light absolutely maybe double the speed of light maybe the the your wellness is coming to us uh as fast as han solo did the kessel run so 12 parsecs right from now we will be able to say i'm glad you're better and now now what the Bye now.